0: I still want you. Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. Welcome to Doppelgangers. Today we are covering season one, episode four of the vampire diaries, which is called Family Ties. And this is a big episode. We learn a lot of information in it. Yeah, I'd get a lot of background on like the lore of what these vampires do, a peek into background on the town. We're getting some big information there. So that's fun. Mm -hmm. So here's, I'll read the episode breakdown As always from the Vampire Diaries Wiki (laughs) Elena asks Stefan to escort her to the town's Annual Founders Party Vicky gets Tyler to ask her to the party Then accuses him of trying to hide their relationship From his family Zach reveals a useful family secret to Stefan At the party, Damon tells Elena A story about the Salvatore family's past Leaving Elena with questions that Stefan refuses to answer Finally, Stefan takes action to get Damon out of his life For good that covers pretty much everything that happens. That covers pretty much everything. I do love the the line, Vicky gets Tyler to ask her to the dance because that is exactly That's what exactly happens. That's exactly what she does. First and foremost, we're going to have our Where Do You Know This Actor From segment because we met a lot of new characters in this episode. True. I'm not sure if you know the actors from anywhere, but just here's a rundown of who we met. It's a lot of parents. So we met Logan Fell, who's a news anchor from Mystic Falls, who used to date Aunt Jenna in high school and is also a founding family member. So... There's a lot of founding families in Mystic Falls. They allude to it here. And we get an idea of who the founding families are. We also met Sheriff Forbes, who is Caroline's mother. We also met Tyler's parents, Mr. and Mrs. Lockwood. Mr. Lockwood is the mayor of Mystic Falls. And they asked for some heirlooms for the founder's display from Elena's parents, from their collection, because Elena's mom was really important in the Mystic Falls Historical Society. So that kind of suggest that they're also a founding family yes i will say i didn't really recognize any of these actors but i do have one that i vaguely recognized and i don't know what she was in but mrs lockwood is she like in other things she looked very familiar to me let's look her up on imdb well i'll look her up on imdb so that you don't see yeah i'm not about to obviously i want stephanie away from imdb because the episode counts on the vampire diaries imdb are quite damning you know exactly how long someone's going to be on the show. I've been caught on that before. That happened to me when I was watching Desperate Housewives. And I saw that Mike Delfino was on like 10 less episodes than like Terry Hatcher. And I did the math on that one, but it the yeah. scenes still hurt. <laughs> so I did find something on IMDb. She was on Teen Wolf. And she played a character for 24 episodes whose name is Natalie. Natalie Merton. Oh, she's Lydia's mom. Okay, I was going to guess that. Okay, so that's a fun little. So that's what we know Mrs. Lockwood from. So she really, she found her niche and she said, I'm here, baby. Yeah, she said, I'm a supernatural mom. Well, I guess we don't know if she's supernatural yet. But she's clearly a founding family member. And and I'm guessing she's at least tangential to a lot of supernatural. So yeah, we met a lot of characters. We learned a lot in this episode. So let's dive right in and recap. So we open on the Gilbert house in the middle of the night and Elena wakes up eyes wide because she hears banging in her house. She walks downstairs. She's like, Jeremy, is that you? No one's around, but the TV is on. So of course she turns to look at the TV and on TV is our new friend, news anchor Logan Fell saying that there was a new victim of the animal that's been attacking Mystic Falls. And the victim was none other than Elena Gilbert. (gasps) And she's like, what? Elena's like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm right here. She's very shook by this. Obviously, as the audience, we now know it's a nightmare. (laughs) We're set. We're pretty clear on that. And next, Damon starts popping up. He's like stalking her. He's kind of hunting a little bit. But of course, eventually, he does bite her. She screams. Boom. Stefan wakes up. It was Stefan's nightmare. And Damon is sitting across the room being like, "Hmm, a rough dream. He said, nightmare, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, And it's so this is a new kind of vampire power that we're going to see more of in the future, which we saw in last episode as well, of hopping in someone and influencing their dreams, like and which is another facet of mind control, which kind of takes the place of the crows. And I think it's a better (laughs) choice. I think it's a really cool power. I would love to hop in someone's dream, really mess their day up. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck them up. Go into a dream and give someone that, give someone a dream where they're like walking around naked and everyone's laughing at them. That's a rough way to start the day. (laughs) 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 Really throw them off. (laughs) So... Damon immediately takes credit for the nightmare. Stefan's all pissed off. Well, I was shocked when it was Stefan that woke up because I thought Elena's subconscious had just really locked in on what was happening in the town. And like, it just hadn't caught up with her conscious mind yet. But no, Elena's not there yet. (laughs) Exactly. So Stefan is naturally pissed off that Damon killed his girlfriend in his dream. So Stefan retaliates by throwing a letter opener at Damon, hits him right in the chest, stabs him. It does not phase Damon one bit. Damon does not so much as like blink. It flies right in and he's like, hello. Yeah, he's like, anyway. (laughs) And he makes a comment about how his t-shirt was ruined because I assume it's a designer. I don't remember the name he used because I don't buy designer t-shirts because I'm not a chump. yeah. (laughs) Damon's like, anyway, did you hear? They caught the animal that is attacking everyone in Mystic Falls. It was a mountain lion. And that is such, it's so funny the way he says this line. that He's like, can you believe they caught the mountain lion? That's crazy. And like, it's just another example of like, Stefan is so serious. And Damon is just having fun with it. There might as well be steam coming out of Stefan's ears. And Damon is just like, hee hee hee. And the more steam that comes out, the more hee hee hees. Exactly. That's <laughs> Very eloquently put. (laughs) So Stefan's like, why the hell are you covering your tracks all of a sudden? And Damon's like, "Mm, I think I'll stay, which (laughs) I'm happy to hear because I want to be looking at him all day. (laughs) And Stefan's like, you know, why would you stay? You can't do shit to me. And Damon said, actually, you know what? Yeah, Elena may have a vervain necklace, but I still got charm, baby. And he's right. He does have charm. He's been problematic as fuck in these early episodes, like with all the compulsion and stuff. And I'm still like, ooh. Hi, (laughs) Damon. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hi. Like, I can look past it for his charm. And he's right. He doesn't need to, like, use compulsion. Like, he can play Elena like a fiddle if he truly would like to. It's not all the compulsion. And as we see later, he and Elena already have, you know, I want to say a working relationship. But Elena trusts him in a certain way because he's being more open than Stefan. Yeah, they have, like, a rapport. Exactly. Which, I mean, we'll unpack all that later. I'm getting ahead of myself. But to drive Damon's point home, he stabs Stefan with the same letter opener. And oh, boy, it's like Stefan's a human the way he reacts. Yeah, it's like, OK, I thought you were a vampire. Like, I'm starting to think Stefan should drink some human blood. Mm hmm. You have to wonder why he's not. Let me ask you, why do you think Stefan won't drink human blood? I mean, I hate to say it. I feel like he's just being holier than thou at this point. Okay. Like, Because it would be one thing like in Twilight, if you bite someone once they become a vampire and I could get not wanting to have like a million vampires running around. Totally. But that's like not the case. Stefan could bite a human, have his little snack and be like, I didn't bite you. And as Damon seems to do every day with Caroline. As Damon does really in a fine way. And so I think he's just kind of being a little holier than now. I don't know. At first I was like, oh, it's nice because he doesn't want to kill anyone. But like Damon doesn't have to kill people. And he often doesn't. So yeah, that's my current answer. (laughs) I was just curious if you had thoughts. So, Stefan goes to write in his diary about how Damon's so mean to him. Wah, wah. And at the same time, we see the sheriff on television. Later, we find out it's the sheriff talking about what a blessing it is that we caught this mountain lion. Great news. And the news coverage carries us over to the Gilbert house where Logan fell is kind of summing up the story. And Aunt Jenna is talking major shit on Logan fell Mm -hmm. because as she tells Elena, they dated, it ended poorly. And he's the reason she left Mystic Falls. Mm -hmm. And Elena, (laughs) Elena is like, I got a boyfriend. I can't relate. (laughs) Elena's like, oh, he's cute. Yeah. Elena's like, he's definitely cute. And Jenna's like, are you not listening to me? (laughs) Jenna's like, did you hear a word I fucking said? You are so selfish. She said, he made me leave town. (laughs) But at the same time, Elena is polishing some family heirlooms, which she is loaning to Mrs. Lockwood for the Founders Day party, she mentions. And Jeremy comes in and says, how much could we sell those for on eBay? (laughs) Which no one thinks is a funny joke. You're already known as the Stoner Brother, Jeremy. Like, you don't have to act like it so much because they already like hate you for smoking weed. Like if it was more of a family joke, sure. But exactly. that's not really the vibe at the moment. Just a definite misread of the room. <laughs> yeah. A funny joke, but too real for Jenna and Elena to really think it's a joke. Exactly. They're not laughing at this moment. <laughs> so Stefan comes over and he and Elena immediately start smooching and head up to the bedroom and keep on smooching. Well, I have kind of a question, just given the timing of this show and like Tumblr being a thing, like, did they have like a a little nickname and like, what was it? Do you know? Oh, did they ever? First of all, let me tell you this. I know every little nickname for every little couple <laughs> on this show. And second of all, Stelena, of course. That's hysterical because it's really just Elena with like a couple more letters on it. That's the plus of having a name that starts with a vowel. It's so easy to combine with other names for a couple names. That's why my name, Grace, bad for couple names. That's why I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, it would just be her for couple names. So that is Stelena. So they're making out in the bedroom. It's getting a little hot and heavy. And mm-hmm. then Stefan looks up and he's got veins under his eyes. And we as the audience know what that means. He wants some blood, baby. But alas, he knows he can't have it. So he pulls away and he makes, you know, a little kind of show of like, oh, let's take it slow. And Elena's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good.
1: Huh. Exactly.
0: Sigh. Yeah, Elena's none too pleased that she has to take it slow because she is a sex positive icon. And who who wouldn't be if you're dating Paul Wesley? Exactly. She said, I am positive. I want to have sex with you. (laughs) She takes the time instead to ask him to the founder's party. And she does this in a very smooth way. She says, how do you look in a suit? And Stefan says, I can pull one off. It is a very Damon line from Stefan. Very smooth, very charming. Exactly. And he said, you can pull one off. Yeah, I can pull one off of you. (laughs) I want to have sex with Stefan. Yeah. (laughs) Who doesn't? Needless to say, Stefan, of course, accepts Elena's invitation to the Founder's Day party. So then we cut to Caroline and Damon. Damon is trying to get Caroline to ask him to the Founder's Day party. She's trying on all her dresses. She tries on a lovely little yellow number. And Damon says, Jaundice. So mean. She looks so cute in yellow. And it is funny that like he was like, oh, Jaundice. I know. Like, that's what yellow meant to him. What year were you born in? When I see <laughs> yellow, I think honeybee. <laughs> <laughs> I think lemon. Imagine if she she had the yellow dress and he said yellow polio (laughs) like a disease that's eradicated now (laughs) exactly is jaundice eradicated no that's a term for like kidney failure oh and it turns your like eyes and skin yellow i knew it turned you yellow i didn't know why Yeah, you You do learn something new every day it's kidneys baby all about the kidneys Hello again, brothers. I hope you all enjoyed that last segment about how jaundice is the result of kidney failure. Some of you might know that's actually not true. Jaundice is the result of liver failure, and it's pretty embarrassing that Stephanie, in grad school for biology, plant biology, but still biology, didn't seem to know that. Sorry about that. We all have our moments. But isn't it cute how Stephanie really felt so confident telling Grace it was kidneys and Grace really believed her? You gotta love that. Anyway, hope you enjoyed learning something new and something accurate about Jaundice. Let's get back to the show. So Damon makes a comment to Caroline, like, you know, I worked really hard to make sure this party was still going to happen, which we know is framing a mountain lion, framing a poor yeah. defenseless mountain lion. And we find out later why he wants the party to go on. But for now, we just know he wants it to go on. And we get a little bit of vampire diaries lore handed to us finally we get some answers about vampires and of course the easiest way in to do this is to have damon reading twilight which as we know the twilight movies had just come out when this show started so of course twilight is in the lexicon so damon makes some comment about edward and bella whatever blah 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 and caroline says why don't you sparkle and he says vampires burn in the sun and she says okay well then how can you walk around during the day and he says i've got this ring it stops me from burning in the sun yeah very quick easy explanation you know they hadn't really said it as explicitly yet so it was very clear this time around which was nice Mm -hmm. i was like okay that's exactly what the ring does yeah we were kind of able to piece it together before but it's nice to just lay it out there for us yeah sometimes i need a little extra help with my little tiny brain Exactly. (laughs) Don't I know it. (laughs) And then we get an answer about transitions, about basically how someone turns into a vampire because Caroline asks, she's like, so you bit me. Am I going to become a vampire now? And he says, no, no, no. I would have to feed you my blood, kill you, and then you would have to feed on human blood. So that's how transitions work. And that's pretty, I mean, we'll learn more about them as we go, but that's the baseline This is how transitions work. Do you have questions about transitions? I do have a few questions clarifying, but also like special circumstances. Sure. So do they have to drink the blood or can it be like put in with a syringe? Oh, that's a good question. It basically just has to get into their systems. So... It could be done with a syringe. The quickest way is obviously usually drinking. Yeah. Every situation when someone's being turned into a vampire is different because sometimes I don't want to give too much away, but sometimes turning specific characters into a vampire is a threat. Like it's not a good thing. That makes sense. They use it in different ways, but mostly drinking from a vampire is the easiest way. It's most direct. Can you like accidentally become a vampire? Like if a vampire and you both have cuts on your finger and then your fingers touch and it like switches. I think that would be <laughs> rare just because vampire cuts heal so fast. Oh, but that's true. you can definitely get vampire blood put in your system involuntarily and kind of without your knowledge. I can see that, but can it like happen accidentally? I mean, yeah, if, but it, it would be it's hard. Just, like, where would vampire blood have to end up? it to be accidental and since vampires heal they're not like free bleeding so okay what about in the last episode where Uh stefan gets his hand cut with the glass and there is blood for a little bit it obviously heals pretty quick but what if like a couple pieces of blood fell on the grass and what if then someone who had like skinned their knee knelt in that exact spot (laughs) i think (laughs) you would have to ingest it and i think like it would have to be in your system Okay, so that's not totally outside the realm of possibility, but obviously, it's just very unlikely. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I need to know at that level of specificity. Well, you know, hey, it's it's good to know in case you run into a vampire blood. Well, not that I would be kneeling in a pile of blood regardless, but uh, no, I see I, your, I see your, I see your point. Another question: How long can it stay in your system? Like, can you drink vampire blood and then, like, five years later, die and become a vampire? That's a great question. Rule of thumb, and I don't know if there's any actual like science to this, but the rule of thumb on the vampire diaries is vampire blood stays in your system for about a day. Okay. So it's a quick turnaround. Like 12 to 24 hours. So like people have all different motivations for turning people into vampires throughout the series. They kind of have to be savvy with their timing. Yeah. Because you don't, you know, you don't have forever. You have some time, but you don't have forever. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a comedian. So after, like, they have the vampire blood in their system, they die, and then they, like, wake up as a vampire, evidently. And then if they don't feed on a human, like, if they eat a squirrel or, like, somehow don't know they're a vampire, I guess, how would they not know they're a vampire? Or something, like, if they don't feed on a human, what happens? They die. Once you have vampire blood in your system and you killed, you have to feed on human blood to complete the transition, and if you don't complete the transition, you die. And how fast does that happen? Pretty quick. Well, I mean, we'll see many transitions over the course of the show and no one is ever in a position where they don't know what's happening that I can think of when they transition. They like know what's going on. And so the people who choose not to feed choose to for a reason. It's not like the clock runs out. Okay, We don't see the actual moment they die after they make that decision. Okay. But I imagine basically they would like starve. The same as starvation. I was thinking like turning into ash, but that makes more sense. (laughs) Well, what happens, I mean, and we'll cover this later, but I don't feel like it's a spoiler. Basically, if a vampire doesn't have blood, they desiccate. So they like dry up, which eventually can kill them. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So what would basically happen, I assume, if they didn't feed on human blood after the transition is they just desiccate until they die. So Stefan has definitely fed on human blood before. Yes. Interesting. Just an interesting thought. Just something to think about. (laughs) So, now that we're all caught up on our vampire diaries lore, let's head to the grill. (laughs) Tyler is with his parents. This is the first time we're meeting Mr. and Mrs. Lockwood. And we find out at this time that Mr. Lockwood is also the mayor of Mystic Falls. Mm -hmm. Vicky comes up to say hi to Tyler. And Tyler basically pretends like she doesn't exist. Which is not a great move. Obviously, he doesn't want to introduce her to his parents as his girlfriend. But there's a million other ways to handle this. Yeah, he easily could have been like, oh, this is Vicky. We go to school together. Or this is Vicky. She's Matt's sister. But he just won't look at her. And it's not like his parents don't clock that as something. Exactly. Yeah. So Vicky's pissed off. She leaves the table and we cut over to Bonnie and Caroline. Caroline tells Bonnie that she's bringing Damon to the Founder's Day party. Bonnie laments that Elena is bringing Stefan. And Bonnie is worried about Stefan and Damon in general, but more so right now she's worried about Damon, who is older and he's dangerous. But unfortunately, she said to Caroline, oh, sexy, older, dangerous guy. And Caroline said, "Uh uh-huh, sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Caroline doesn't care. And I mean, she's being compelled. But also, he is very hot. Yeah, and I mean, she's not dying. Like, there are worse things exactly <laughs> so then Tyler goes up to Vicky because he feels bad that he publicly ignored her and she's pissed off at first and then she was like you know what you're so embarrassed of me I bet that you aren't even gonna ask me to the founder's party and Tyler says well w- would you want to go to the founder's party and she was like oh my god no that'd be so stupid <laughs> She said, no, that would be dumb. Take notes, ladies. This is how you flirt with men. And then he says, okay, well, do you want to go? And she's like, yeah. He's like, oh my God, thank you. (laughs) So he walks away. And of course, Jeremy is sitting right there. Because he needs to be within a shot of Vicky at all times or... I mean, he does literally nothing else besides that and smoke weed. Exactly. And it seems like he's not even really smoking weed anymore. Mostly just listening to Vicky. Yeah, mostly he's just listening to Vicky and every once in a while drinking a Bud Light. And maybe punching Tyler if he can fit it in his busy schedule. Exactly. But anyway, so Jeremy goes up to Vicky and is like, you realize you had to ask him to ask you, right? Right which fair point true (laughs) it's a little rude to like bring that up like obviously vicky felt that as it was happening (laughs) yeah she's not excited but she likes the guy he's cute and he says you know it's like you know you're making the wrong choice and you do it anyway and you know what you better not get up in her business well it's so rude because it's so jammy doing the nice guy thing but it's not like he's like the right choice like he is a drug dealer And not for nothing like I know Tyler's not perfect he's kind of rude but like he's a star on the football team his dad is the mayor he's very cute like that's not an insane choice to make as a high school girl so it's not like Jeremy is watching her do something super stupid you can kind of see like you can see where she's coming from on the Tyler side in a lot of ways. Well, and I totally get him being pissed off about Tyler. I get him thinking Tyler's a bad guy for her. I even get him voicing that concern because they're clearly friends. But what I don't support about Jeremy is him like berating Vicky for going on a date with a guy who she likes. Like, I understand he's pissed off. He's allowed to be heartbroken about it. And he's allowed to be like, you know, wary of Tyler's intentions and how Tyler treats her but what he doesn't get to say is like your choices are wrong it's like even if they are that's not the way to tell her yeah like it's still my choice you have to trust that she'll either figure out that Tyler isn't right for her and like if you're right for her then great and if Tyler is right for her then she's probably not right for you buddy exactly I do feel for Jeremy because not only are his parents dead at this point, he and Elena and Jenna all have strained relationships. He does not like Vicky's his one close friend. That's true. He doesn't really have anyone else right now. And like, at least but, Vicky doesn't judge him for smoking weed. Like, I know. Which is such a low bar, or whatever. But you know, it's not Vicky's responsibility to fill every role in his life just because he needs those roles filled. Yeah, for real. It's a complex situation. I feel for Jeremy, but team Vicky always. So then we cut to the Salvatore house and Zach walks in on Damon reading and he is a little taken back (laughs) and we haven't seen Zach in a while. So I was pretty excited to see my little cutie. Of course. Damon is reading through Stefan's homework and Mm. he's like, wow, they really dumbed down school, which feels like very much commentary. But he does make a good point, which I think we touched on at one point. It's like, I don't know why Stefan wants to be a high school student. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, you know, in some chunk of time, he went to her. He went to the Ivies. I think it was Harvard. And then he's like, you know what? I don't get that either. And he's right. Yeah. Compel yourself a frickin PhD and go home. That's what I do. And you don't even need to go to like Harvard. Like if you want to go to college, why would you choose like a school that is like so depressing and hard to get into? Well, you can compel your way in. I guess. I guess if you're doing- um- But then you're there and you're surrounded by all the people who go to Harvard. Like all the people who are super excited that it like looks like Harry Potter. Like that's Ugh. who you want to hang out with? That's not- Yeah, go to a party school. Go to ASU. <laughs> go to fucking ASU and like have some fun, bitch. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I would do. I would just keep going to party schools. Yeah, but anyway, so Zach asks why Damon is there because he always has a motive. Damon doesn't like that. So he just grabs Zach's neck and is basically like, leave me alone, dude. Luckily for Zach, Stefan happens to be nearby. And Stefan's like, hey, like, cut it out, everyone. Damon leaves because it's no longer fun for him. (laughs) And Zach is like, hey. Stefan, why aren't you doing anything about Damon? It's really (laughs) dangerous. And Stefan's like, I can't, I'm drinking squirrels. I'm not strong enough to do anything. And Zach's like, you know what you need? You need some vervain because that'll weaken Damon. And Stefan is like, we don't have vervain in Mystic Falls. Damon stopped it from growing here in 1865. Which great move by Damon that he was like, oh, you're going to have to fucking find some vervain elsewhere, buddy. Exactly. Although in this day and age, even in like 2008, you could have ordered vervain off the internet, at least seeds. Exactly. But whatever, that takes time. But the good thing is... Zach just so happens to be growing Vervain in the basement and Zach shows Stefan this stash. It's in one of, you know, they have many dungeons in their basement. Yeah. Probably for nefarious reasons because they're in the South. That's a good point. I know. That's what I, we have to think about that. I do think it's funny because they go into the Vervain room and it it's like, okay, are we, am I watching Weeds now? Where's fucking Nancy Botwin in here? Like, it looks like marijuana, which, as most plants do if they're in that big of a chunk in a basement yeah. with a grow light. <laughs> it does have little purple flowers, though. Zach's basically like, this has been passed down for generations growing Vervain. Uh, so the Salvatore family has been growing Vervain. And Zach says, do not tell Damon because he will kill me if he finds out about this. And Stefan's like, then why are you telling me? And he's like, well, I trust you and we need to weaken Damon. We need to get rid of Damon. They're on the same side here. If he ingests Vervain, that will like weaken him enough. I was under the understanding maybe it would kill him. Yeah, that's I mean, I understand where you got that, but it will not as we find out later. Yeah, but at the very least, they need to weaken him so that Stefan stands a chance in a fight. Because obviously- Stefan hasn't stood a chance in any of their fights so far. Yeah, it's not even close. So we are back at the Gilbert house. Tyler shows up to pick up all these family heirlooms for the Founders Day party. And is basically like, oh, here you go. And Jeremy chimes in with an excellent retort. Jeremy says, yeah, here you go, dick. <laughs> not as simple best. to the point. I mean, there you go. <laughs> So Jeremy just basically picks a fight with Tyler. Elena's like, come on, please stop. And Tyler's like, you know, would it make a difference if I told you that I liked Vicky? And Jeremy's like, no. He said, not even if you meant it. So, Which was a pretty good line. Yeah, exactly. So the tension is still boiling over there. So then we cut to Bonnie and Elena. They're getting ready for the Founders Day party. They're doing their nails. Elena's very excited for the date. And then Elena can tell that Bonnie is hiding something. And I forgot to mention this earlier, but when Bonnie and Caroline were talking earlier, Caroline alluded to having a secret and said, you can't tell Elena. Well, now Bonnie's like, I have to tell you, but you have to tell Caroline I didn't say anything. Which obviously this is orchestrated by Damon. Yeah, obviously Damon knew this was going to get to her. That was the whole point. Yeah. Here's the thing about Damon. He's got an excellent read on the workings of these relationships and that's why he's being successful. And he's Be- good at planting stuff, planting seeds and doubts without like it very easily being traced back to him. Like in many cases, Stefan can see it, but that's because he's known him for like a hundred years. Like Exactly. Like a lot of it is pretty subtle. He, he does have tact on like pretty much everyone else on the show. Exactly. And he has patience, which is serving him well. And Elena said, I know that they both dated her and that's why they're not close. And Bonnie says, okay, well, Caroline told me that Catherine chose Damon and Stefan manipulated her. And so it caused her to then switch her choice and choose Stefan. And Elena's basically like, his past relationships aren't my business, whatever. Bonnie's like, if he's a manipulative liar, that is your business. Both of them, like, I, I see both points here. Like, I love that she's like, that's not my problem. And Elena basically says, that sounds like one person's side of the story, meaning it's Damon's side of the story, which it does. It, it does. Yeah, it does sound one-sided. It's always more complicated than that. Well, and it's interesting because like, that could be the correct version or that could be the completely flipped version. Like, exactly. That is an outside the moment possibility. We as the audience can trace back the fact that this came from Damon. So now the question is, is Damon telling the truth or is he telling a lie well, that it is, is meant to serve his purpose? And it is an interesting thought that I just had um, <laughs> that, you know, maybe this was at a time when Stefan was eating humans and maybe he did manipulate and compel Catherine to leave Damon. Like that mm. could very really well be the case. And maybe he felt bad about that when she died and was like, oh, I better uh, stop eating humans. That could be a reason for that. So that's one little, little path my brain just that, went down. That's a theory. I get it. Yeah. So we don't I mean, we know what Damon told Caroline, but we don't know how true or anything it is. We don't know much. Speak of the devils, we cut over to Stefan and Damon. And Stefan is being pretty friendly with Damon. He's having a little glass of scotch. And they're hanging out getting ready. And Damon's like, do we have to wear ties? And Stefan's like, don't go to this party. (laughs) (laughs) Damon is basically like, you're always like so brooding. You're struggling with the fact that you're dead and you need to get over it. Which I think is an insightful thought about Stefan is that he's just struggling so much with being a vampire and it's causing him all this pain. And it's like, he's been dead and a vampire for like a really long time. So like, get over it. Exactly. At, at a certain point, you have to live with what you are. And then we cut back to Bonnie and Elena getting ready. And Elena gets a call from Mrs. Lockwood, basically being like, hey, I don't have your dad's pocket watch. And Elena immediately blames Jeremy because obviously he made the joke earlier about selling it on eBay. So she goes to Jeremy and she said, where's the pocket watch? And Jeremy's like, maybe Tyler stole it, which why would Tyler steal a pocket watch? But fair, <laughs> fair enough. But good it. try. <laughs> <laughs> um, Got Gotta attempt it, you know. A for effort. So Jeremy gives her back the pocket watch. Elena's like, this is so messed up. Mrs. Lockwood called me panicking, thinking that she lost it. I can't believe you would steal this. Were you going to sell it on eBay? And he was basically like, this was my dad's pocket watch He was going to give to me. It is special to me. Yeah, like it's been passed down through their family, through all the sons. And he's like, you know, this is like my dad's pocket watch that I wanted to own. I just didn't want to give it away for something like, do they really need every artifact there? Exactly. And Elena's like, you know what? That's fair. I'll leave it with you. Mm -hmm. Like, which is really the least she can do, but okay. Exactly. (laughs) After she basically was like, are you gonna sell it? Is that how you get money for pot? It's like Elena. They need to let go of the pot thing. Like let first him smoke some weed. Yeah. First of all, weed is not addictive. Yeah. So and like it's it's not gonna kill him, but you yeah. dating a vampire might. <laughs> exactly. Again, the danger, the call's coming from inside the house, Elena. Yeah. So then we cut back to Stefan and Damon. Basically, Stefan's upset he's a teenager forever, which I can't really blame him. We get a few clues here. Damon says to Stefan, well, you were happy in 1864. And Stefan said, well, you and I both know that happiness was Uh, short-lived. Damon stopped Breivane from growing in 1865. Yes. Just, yeah, a timeline we're getting. Just something to think about. Exactly. But (laughs) basically in 1864, they're talking about how Catherine and Stefan were an item And one night, Stefan dropped Catherine off at home and Damon was waiting inside. So we're getting a little insight into the inner workings of that love triangle. Damon makes a comment about history repeating itself, obviously about Elena. And Stefan's getting upset, but he needs to endear Damon to him because he's spiked his drink. But at this point, Damon dumps the drink out and is basically like, yeah, obviously you put Vervain in this. Now I have to go to this party angry. Who knows what I might do? Which like- is so funny, you know, Stefan had spiked it and he like picks it up and just dumps it. So funny, fun move, a classic Damon situation. Exactly, and Zach makes a comment, he's like, I'm sorry it didn't work, that was his favorite scotch. I really thought it was gonna work. And Stefan is basically like, I wasn't holding out hope for it to work, but now I dropped his guard because he doesn't think I'm gonna try again soon. I got him right where I want him, which is is smart, you know? He wants Damon to think that that was his big plan and his big plan didn't work and he has to go back to the drawing board. The thing is, Damon can beat him in a fight. So the only thing Stefan can beat him with is with his thinker. That's the lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go to the Founder's Day party, which is at the Lockwood Mansion. And Mayor Lockwood and his wife and Tyler are all greeting people at the door. And Tyler spots Vicky in line. And Tyler immediately goes and grabs Vicky. And he's like, hey, let's go around the back. We don't and have Vicky, to wait in line. Yeah, he's like, the line's too long. And Vicky's not a dumbass. She's like, okay, he doesn't want me to meet his parents. But she doesn't fight at that hug. She's clearly very happy that he like asked her. Yes. And he came up to get her. He's taking her on back. He's hanging out with her. He's not ignoring her. So of course she's like, whatever. Maybe it is just about the line. Yeah. So Caroline and Damon arrive and Mrs. Lockwood invites them both in. Damon included. Great for Damon. And Caroline is wearing a little doily shrug and a scarf once again, but with a big flower pinned on it. How do you feel about this look? I'll say her cute little braid hairdo is fun. The scarf with the flower on it is hysterical and not in a good way. Like that is not a cute look, but... It's funny. I would wear that little doily shrug. It's cute. I think it's fun. And I do think that could come back in the in fashion now. Like, I think you could wear that out and like people would love it. Like I would wear that shrug, no doubt. Her dress is ugly, but he made her wear the blue one and not the yellow one. So yeah, it's only a matter of time before shrugs come back in because Y2K is in right now. Yeah. And I do like the occasional shrug. Not all of them were cute, but like, I think Caroline is showing me what you could really do with shrugs. If you had a fashion head, she is inspired. Yeah, and then we get some information about Caroline's family because she goes and says hi to her mom who we saw on TV earlier. So we know she's a cop and she's still wearing her uniform at the party. Lame. (laughs) We learn from their conversation that her mom and dad are divorced and her dad is gay. Just so we know. little drop. And we also learn later that her mom's the sheriff, not just some lowly beat cop. But for now, we don't. We have just met her mother at this point. Which, since she's the sheriff, you think she would be out of her uniform for a party, but. You would think that. Supernatural dramas love for a parent to be a sheriff. That's always popular. Uh, Oh, you're so right. Well, you know, it raises the stakes. And it helps you, like, know some of the, I want to say, like, behind the scenes stuff it helps that if the sheriff is on the side of the protagonists you can be like can you look up this person's address it like takes care of some logistics for us yeah so next elena and stefan show up and they are also invited in by the lockwoods very nice work everybody very cute dress on elena this actually is a fun look like it's not always cute outfits obviously we just i just talked shit on caroline this dress is actually cute and pretty timeless oh yeah it works well Damon makes eyes at both of them. He makes flirty eyes at Elena, but glares at Stefan. And then we go visit the room uh, where all the historical objects are on display. We get a lot of close-ups of them. We see some names of founding families or who we're learning are founding families through this process. The Fells, the Forbes, the Gilberts, the Lockwoods, etc. We see Elena's parents' wedding rings. And Stefan and Elena are bonding over love. And then we check in with Jenna, who's getting a glass of wine. Of course she is. I cannot blame her at all. She's been busy working on her thesis. It's time to let her hair down and, and get some of that chardonnay. And uh, no, me be- too, girl. <laughs> and no better place like than the Mystic Falls Founders Day party. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. So Jenna has her glass of wine and she sees Logan. You know, they strike up a conversation. He is clearly trying to endear himself to her and she is not budging. She is not happy to see him. She is mad. He does not look as cute as he did as the news as as the news reporter like he's not still the news reporter but he didn't yeah. look as cute at this party as he did on the news his hair was a little too much for me he doesn't have his hair and makeup team in everyday life that's probably what it is so let me cut to elena who's looking at the founding families registry she's like oh my god it's the names of all the people who founded mystic falls and you can see stefan's face fall Because he knows what's coming next. And she's like, wait, there's Damon Salvatore and there's Stefan Salvatore. And she's already getting a little suspicious at this point. And it would have been so easy for Stefan to just jump in and be like, oh yeah, it's a family name. Like it just keeps getting passed down. Like I'm technically Stefan, like the sixth, like just something funny and chill. But of course, God forbid Stefan calmed down enough to have that kind of reaction. Yeah. So Stefan should be thanking his lucky stars that Damon is there because Damon waltzes in and he said, Oh, yeah, those are the original Salvatore <laughs> brothers. And Stefan's like, let's not talk about the past. And it's like, again, Stefan's not a great liar because why don't you want to talk about your like great, great grandpa? Who cares? Well, yeah, it's like he's protesting so much. That's like, well, now it makes me think that we really should talk about the past. Exactly. Especially because and I mean, Stefan couldn't know this but especially because Bonnie slash Caroline slash Damon has planted the seed in Elena's mind that Stefan's a manipulative liar. Although like, to be fair, I don't think that seed was too much of a jump from her knowing that he like dated a girl who also dated his brother. Like, I think that is already weird. I think the problem- really is is that she's hearing all these things about Stefan secondhand and he hasn't told them to her which obviously she addresses later and he could be like he doesn't have to give her every piece of info but he could be like a little vague and share it we've seen that with Damon many times and we will see this in this episode too that he can tell the story just leaving out a couple details so it's not like obvious it was them exactly and Stefan just doesn't say any of this If he's not asked, but Damon is saying it without being asked, which is why he's kind of getting ahead of Stefan in a lot of these cases, which of course segues us right into the next scene where basically Caroline is like, Damon won't dance. Stefan, will you dance with me? And basically Elena's like, well, I'm not going to fight anyone on this, but it's up to Stefan. Stefan goes and dances with Caroline, which leaves Damon and Elena alone. Damon starts out by saying, I'm sorry. I was a jerk when I tried to kiss you. It's totally inexcusable. My therapist says I'm lashing out at Stefan. Yeah, very subtle drop of therapist to be like, look, I'm emotionally mature enough that I like said something and felt so bad I talked to my therapist about it. Very, very subtle move by Damon that really builds a whole picture in Elena's head. Exactly. And it works because she's- automatically listening to a story and he basically says you know it's been hard for us but the Salvatore men have always been cursed with sibling rivalry it happened even with the original Salvatores who are as we the audience can assume the Damon and Stefan <laughs> the, it's the same Salvatores that are here at the moment exactly. it's all the same Salvatore but of course Elena doesn't know this so yeah we cut away to Stefan and Caroline really quick and Stefan's basically like did Damon tell you to ask me to dance and she says um well yeah and he's like okay do you want some wine and she's like absolutely just don't let my mom see so seven's hanging out with caroline and we cut back to damon and elena and they start talking about the battle of willow creek which if you'll remember they talked about this in the pilot i believe yeah in the pilot in the history class yes what elena knows about the battle of willow creek is that during the civil war battle all these civilians tragically ended up in this church that then got set on fire but damon tells her actually it happened differently so it's a battle in the civil war and damon says that you know obviously virginia's in the confederacy he says the church was full of union sympathizers he says that the union sympathizers were put in there on purpose by the confederate soldiers Mm -hmm. and that's why it was set on fire and damon says you know the original salvatore brothers had someone in there that they loved and when they tried to save her They got shot. Which, like, she just learned that Catherine died in a fire. And I know that you're like, you wouldn't naturally make that connection that it's the same Salvatore brothers. But isn't it like a crazy coincidence that the original Salvatore brothers and the current Salvatore brothers both fell in love with a girl who died in a fire? Yeah. You would at the very least think, that's an interesting coincidence. But I don't think Elena's centered on that because basically Damon's like it was really all about they loved this woman who was in the church and it all came down to them fighting over this woman they loved. And Elena is more focused on the fact that this is like an uncomfortable situation for her. She's very good at reading intentions in people, it seems. Mm -hmm. And she basically is like, I get that you guys like have a complicated relationship. That's not something I'm going to get in the middle of. Which is a good move. I mean, she can see that that's only hurting things by siding even remotely with Damon. Exactly. And that's the thing is, obviously she knows what she thinks is Damon's side of the story. She's already skeptical about it. You know, she thinks it's a separate story. But so she's already kind of skeptical of Damon's side of the story. but she hasn't heard anything from Stefan about it. So she really doesn't want to hear all these accounts because she wants to side with Stefan and she doesn't really need to hear that other stuff right now. Yeah. And she wants to hear it from Stefan because she doesn't want to like have all these ideas of the past. And then maybe there is another account that Stefan has that is actually correct. And then she has the wrong idea in her head, you know? Exactly. So we cut over to Tyler and Vicky who were just like in the most secluded part of the yard possible. Yeah. A bench in the very back corner of this giant mansion. And he's kind of flirting with her, but she's like, you are hiding me back here. I can tell you're doing that because you think I'm from the wrong side of the tracks. You think your parents won't like me. You're obviously embarrassed of me. So I'm basically going to go. Yeah. Which more power to it. Yeah. At least you finally stand up to him. So Mrs. Lockwood comes up and is like, hi, Vicky. It's nice to meet you. I'm Mrs. Lockwood. I hope Tyler isn't having too bad of a temper with you. He gets that from his father, kind of relating girl to girl. And Vicky's like, you know what? I was just leaving. And we're like, oh, no. Mrs. Lockwood was being so nice to her. But then as soon as Vicky walks away, Mrs. Lockwood says, that's what happens when you bring the trash to the party. So rude. She's a fake ass hoe. And then we see Bonnie sitting alone in the dining room and she lights one candle by herself. And I'm like, man, someone come dance with Bonnie. Yeah. Why is Bonnie the single one at this party? It's rude. I guess she's got her own shit to deal with. She has enough of a storyline. She doesn't need a romance storyline too. Exactly. And she learns while she's sitting here that she can uh, light candles with her mind, which is pretty dope. Mm -hmm. So then we cut back to Damon and Elena are rejoining Stefan and Caroline, just catching up after they've had their separate conversations. And Stefan's like, oh, Damon, would you like a drink? And Damon remembers what happened earlier and he declines it. Smart move. And Elena asks Stefan to dance, which they do to beautiful romantic music. Some Matt Nathanson, I believe. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's some Matt Nathanson. And And even Stefan is smiling looking awful happy for someone who will not stop brooding. I know they do look kind of in love here. You got to admit it's cute. Yeah. Even Caroline goes so far as to say they look so cute together. And Damon says, stop talking. Yeah. Relationship goals. (laughs) And then Logan comes up to Jenna again and she is not excited to see him. She would really like him to leave her alone. But then he hits her with the, I'm really sorry about your sister. I heard Elena's mom. And he's like, I was at the funeral, but I didn't want to go up to you because I didn't want to make it about me. And you can tell Jenna's kind of softening to Logan. But she puts those defenses right back up and says, her name was Monica, wasn't it? So we can piece together as the audience that he cheated on her. Yeah. So then we cut back to Stefan and Elena who are dancing, they're happy. But Stefan is like, so what did you and Damon talk about? Because he can't shake it, which is exactly what Damon wants. And Elena's basically like, it was actually a really good conversation. Damon apologized. He's just really hurt over Catherine and he's just taking it out on you. Like basically she's like, he's upset about Catherine and that's what he talked to me about. Elena kind of subtly is like, you know, it's okay with me if you talk to me about Catherine. You can talk to me about anything, like open up to me. And he's basically like, no. Stefan basically says, thanks, but no thanks. (laughs) Yeah. And so then she's like, okay, I'm going to be a little less subtle this time. And she's basically like, you don't need to talk to me about Catherine, but you need to open up to me about something because you're this mysterious guy. And I like that, but I need to know something about you. You know about me. Because at first she's like, I feel bad burdening you with all my trauma. You can talk to me. And he's like, no. And she's like, I've told you about me. You need to tell me about you. And Stefan's reaction is Damon said something, didn't he? Which, yes, he did. But that's obviously not what this is about. And Elena's not doing this because Damon said something. She's doing it because she is wary of Stefan after all these little things that have added up Bonnie's vision Caroline's comment Bonnie's comment and she just wants to know something about him and it's the same thing like Stefan doesn't need to be like I'm a vampire and my girlfriend died in a fire in the civil war like he doesn't need to do that he can do something vague he can even be like oh this is where I lived before this and like I met Catherine here like make something up I get the danger is like what if it doesn't line up with what Damon told her But like, it's better than saying nothing. Well, yeah. Or even say like, it's really hard for me to like, this is a classic move on The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. Just say, it's really hard for me to open up and share my feelings because I used to be really open and emotional with Damon. And he took my feelings and secrets and used them against me. Great lie. Say that about Damon or about Catherine. Like. I mean, he doesn't know that Damon said that like Stefan manipulated Catherine, but he could easily be like, you know, like, it's just really hard for me to talk about because it really hurt to have like my relationship with Catherine and my relationship with Damon dissolve all at once. And I just am not ready to talk about that. I mean, the easiest thing to say is I have a hard time opening up because I really opened up to. Catherine and she was cheating on me with my brother. And then he can even say, and that's why it's hard for me when I see you talk to Damon. Yeah. And then that keeps her away from Damon a little bit. Like there are paths he could take. He just gets so overwhelmed. Well, but he's also just so focused on taking Damon down and this night specifically that he doesn't plan these lies ahead of time. And as Stefan has shown lie after lie, he's not good at thinking on his feet. He is not. He certainly is not. So he basically blames Damon. But at this point, The seeds that have been planted, even if they were planted by Damon, Elena does not connect them with Damon. Mm -hmm. So she's like, I don't understand why you're blaming Damon for not being able to talk to me. Yeah. So she kind of storms off. They have a fight, whatever. And Stefan blames Damon when it's really his own fault. We cut to Bonnie and Elena talking about this fight. And Bonnie's like, I feel really bad that I planted doubt in you and elena's basically like it's really my fault i got in the middle of these two and i shouldn't have she's like i shouldn't have talked about damon well and she she literally said she was like i just had told damon i wasn't going to get in the middle and then i immediately got in the middle of things which like don't worry girl like it's exactly. easy to do obviously it wasn't about damon him opening up but she can't help but be curious about Catherine, and i can't blame her for that and it's not really no. Stefan's fault but he needs to sense that and mm-hmm. like nip that in the bud before it at least, gets out of hand which it already has yeah at least do a little bit of correction it does doesn't need to be this huge step, but just something small. Like he just really, I don't know why his social skills are so much worse than demons. So then Mrs. Lockwood comes in and she's like, Hey, Elena, I noticed you didn't bring the pocket watch over. Could you not find it? And she's given it to Jeremy, we know. And she's basically like, yeah, I couldn't find it. It must be somewhere in the boxes of my parents' stuff. We just haven't gotten around to unpacking all of it. And Mrs. Lockwood's like, that's okay. Whatever. I would love to see it if you find it. And Elena's like, "Mm, okay, I got bigger things to do, old lady. (laughs) Yeah. Elena's like, okay, whatever. She's like, it doesn't. It matter it's just an old ass watch like why can't Jeremy have, have it you know so we cut upstairs to damon and caroline who are in this study of sorts and damon uses caroline as a lookout as he looks through this desk and he pulls out this little amber crystal and Caroline says, you shouldn't steal that. And Damon's like, I didn't steal it. I hid it here a long time ago and I'm taking it back. Okay, so this is a question I have. So yep. clearly he needed this party and Caroline to get him invited into this house. But he's been invited to this house before if he hid it there. I guess maybe he didn't hide it there. Can like, because usually you invite a vampire in and it lasts after that. Is there an expiration date? No, but if there's new owners for a okay. house, they would have to invite you in. Okay. Okay. Just, just So he I'm- hasn't been invited in in this generation. Okay. So then we see the third act of Logan and Jenna talking to each other. Basically, Logan changes tactics again. He's like, I am begging you to give me another chance. I'm life groveling. Has- yeah, life has changed me. Keep groveling, baby. That's what I would say. Yeah. But she accepts him because he says they can get cheese fries. And that gets her, which, hey. Yeah, I mean, have done more for less. <laughs> <laughs> So then we cut to like the dining room. There's a bunch of candles that aren't lit. And Mrs. Lockwood is like yelling at a young cater waiter for not keeping the candles lit. And she leaves and Bonnie's like what a bitch. She's right. Yeah. Then Bonnie, not really actively, but kind of, I mean she doesn't really actively think about it, but I think she just does it. She lights all the candles by herself. Yeah. She looks at one candle and it like doesn't really light. And she's like, okay, whatever. And then she turns around and all of a sudden all the candles are lit. And she's like, okay I got some power here. <laughs> like so I'm a witch witch (laughs) we cut to Elena and Caroline in the bathroom they're touching up their makeup Caroline's like oh how are things with Stefan and Elena's like great and Caroline's like really because I caught a different vibe (laughs) which she's right but Elena basically deflects and then she's looking at Caroline and she sees under her scarf like a little inflamed skin and Elena is like what's that and Caroline's like don't touch my scarf I'm not allowed to take it off (laughs) but Elena is persistent and she takes off the scarf, and then she looks under the shrug, and there's bite marks all over her. Luckily, bite marks that are not immediately identifiable as vampire bite marks. So that's handy. Exactly. (laughs) But still doesn't paint a very good picture of Damon. Well, especially because Caroline is trying to hide them and seems scared when they get revealed. Because Mm -hmm. it would be one thing if she had, like, hickeys all over. And honestly, this is actually one of Damon's failures. Damon should have said, just tell everyone they're hickeys if they see them. But Damon didn't get that far ahead. So basically Caroline's like really scared that they get seen because Damon knows that if they get seen, he's kind of caught. Yeah. And Damon told her, like, don't ever take off the scarf. And like she knows he's a vampire, but she's clearly not allowed to tell anyone. And yeah, this is a good point of like, I talk a lot about how savvy Damon is in a lot of cases, but he really, you know, miscalculated this one that maybe one of Caroline's friends would care about her enough to like notice it. Exactly. Like, Even if it had gone on that much longer, like enough people would be like, Caroline, like, why do you wear scarves every day? Exactly. (laughs) Like, that would have been a question. So Elena immediately, you know, assumes Damon is the culprit, and he is. So Elena goes up to Damon and says, you better stay away from Caroline or I'm going to tell her mom who is the sheriff. So Damon obviously is like, well, Caroline's useless to me now. So Elena goes up to Stefan at the lake and she's like, I am really sorry. You're right about Damon. He's awful. I can't believe I ever believed him over you. He's hurting Caroline. And Stefan, once again, awful. It doesn't even pretend to be surprised by this information. Yeah. And Elena notices that and it's like, you really don't seem surprised. And he says, I'm handling it. And she says, my best friend is getting abused by your brother and you're handling it? Yeah, she's like, what are you doing? All you do is you're standing at the side of a lake while your brother is at a fucking party. Like, Exactly. How is that handling it? The thing is, he is handling it, but he's not handling it in a human way. He's handling it in a vampire way. And he doesn't have the context to explain that to Elena. And he's basically like, I need you to trust me. And she's like, I can't trust you because I don't know anything about you. Well, and he he could have at least like gone into the party. And, you know, obviously we see in a little bit why this may not have been the best move that he could have gone in and like grabbed Damon and been like, what the hell, dude? But he needed some other things to play out. So exactly. Stefan is basically like, there's things I can't tell you. And Elena's like, and Elena with the information she knows is reacting correctly. She's like, that's fucked up. Yeah. Like you're letting your brother get away with this. And for what? You tell me you hate him. Yeah, you hate him. And now I give you a reason that like, I also hate him. And you're like, just going to still do the same thing. Like, yeah. So she storms off. She doesn't storm off. Stefan says, oh, I got to go real quick. Like we had moved by Stefan. Because because Stefan sees Damon and Caroline. But again, he doesn't, and I mean, he can't tell Elena because he doesn't want her to follow. Yeah. Unfortunately, Stefan's just in a hole. But really quick, before we deal with Damon and Caroline, we cut away to Jeremy playing video games and there's a knock at the door and Vicky's there and she kisses him. And good for him. And it's a nice little kiss. I'll say that. I know. Good for them. I'm happy. He opens the door and he's like, you look so beautiful. And she does for the time. I mean. She is wearing a very nice 2009 dress and her very straight hair, a nice satin chartreuse strapless yes. A-line. She looks great in 2009. She is still beautiful, but you know, that is not a dress that translates. Exactly. <laughs> it's not, she's not in a timeless outfit. Let's but, say I'm very, but I am happy that she seems to like Jeremy. So at least it's less annoying that he's like up her ass all the time. Exactly. And it's good for Jeremy too. I think he could use uh, a little love. Exactly. So fingers crossed that last because Vicky does go back and forth quite a bit. So that may not continue. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens next episode. <laughs> so we cut back to Caroline and Damon. They're outside the party. They're kind of secluded. And he's mad at her, obviously, because Elena saw the bites. And Caroline's like, it is not my fault. She pulled up my scarf. She looked, I couldn't stop her. Mm-hmm. And he obviously is like trying to figure out the best course of action here. And he basically tries to calm her down because she's scared. And then he says, unfortunately, I'm so over you now. And he bites her. And my assumption is that he was going to drain her of her blood and kill her. It's clear. It's a rough bite. Like, it's clear that's his plan, I think. Mm -hmm. But it is revealed that Stefan spiked Caroline's wine with Vervain, and so there's Vervain in Caroline's blood. And when Damon drinks it, he's weakened. And he basically falls to the ground. It's so funny because he's sucking the blood. He pops up and he's like, what the hell? And falls to the ground. So that also, that's pretty funny. <laughs> exactly. So you learned more about Vervain is basically like, ingesting it hurts a vampire they can't compel with it we're learning more about Vervain is all I'm saying and it's a great thing because Stefan could have spiked all the wine in the place with Vervain and everyone would have been fine except Damon exactly because Vervain doesn't affect humans so that's kind of nice for little squirrel eater over there who's a l- little holier than thou squirrel eater Stefan that exactly he can poison with as few side effects as possible <laughs> exactly <laughs> it really takes this moment to rub it in Damon's face that he's like I spiked Caroline's string. Which it was a really smart move. To be fair, Damon has rubbed so much in Stefan's face. It was his turn. Stefan needed a win. He did indeed. And this was a big win for him. Damon faints and Stefan takes away his body. We can assume. We don't see it, but he moves fast. He's a vampire. So Caroline wakes up alone in the grass. She sees next to her the crystal that Damon stole. He didn't have it in his pocket. It fell out of his pocket. So she takes it and she keeps it. Elena finds her. Caroline is crying and shaking, but Elena got her. They're walking her home. This battle's done. Well, I have a question. Now that mm-hmm. Caroline had some vervain, is she like free of the compulsion that Damon has been using on her? Like, or does it does it not work in like on older compulsions? It doesn't work retroactively. Okay. Any compulsion that already happened, it's not going to get reversed. She just can't get newly compelled until it leaves her system. But vervain, similarly to how we discussed earlier with vampire blood, leaves your system in like a day. Okay. Anything would leave your system. I mean, that's science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then we cut to Stefan throwing Damon in yet another dungeon under the Salvatore house. I thought he was throwing him in the Vervain room, which would have been wild. (laughs) He might have been. I didn't get a good look at it. Probably was a different room, but that would have been mean to make him like surrounded by the Vervain. But also then Damon would probably still be strong enough to just pull a bunch of Vervain out of pots. (laughs) Well, also Stefan doesn't want Damon to know where he got the Vervain. So it would be a different dungeon. Yeah, and wouldn't want him to know that he has a ton of Vervain should it come to it. Exactly. And then we cut to the founding families. Well, we know we know they're the founding families now. I don't think they officially say it, but it's clear all these families are important to the town. Yeah. Well, we cut to we cut to all the characters we've met this episode. Sheriff Forbes, Mr. and Mrs. Lockwood, Logan Fell. I think that's everyone who's there. And they basically say, well, first of all, they ask about the pocket watch where it is. And Mrs. Lockwood is like, she says it's in her parents stuff. Very clearly did not believe that. Exactly. Someone's like, "Oh, can we get this watch back?" And Logan Fell says, "I can get it." Like he really jumped right in with this Jenna stuff, bitch ass. Yeah. So he was messing with Jenna the whole time. We hate it. So basically, (laughs) then the sheriff says, "I'm sure they're back." So we now know that the mayor and the sheriff, so people in power in this town, know about the existence of vampires, which is a pretty big reveal. And that's the end of the episode. So we learned a lot this episode. Our big things being that the founding families know about vampires, and we get a little bit more context about Catherine, which is basically she was a union sympathizer put in the church and killed purposefully in a fire with other union sympathizers. So let me ask you, does this change any of your thoughts on the Catherine situation? Well, now I I was thinking this, as I had said early on, that I remember some commercials that like, at some point we meet Catherine. And now I'm thinking that's all in flashback because I am Mm. thinking she's dead. But I do think that like a lot of it still stands. Mm -hmm. Other than that, maybe she is a vampire and she's still around and she just hates them for letting her be in the fire. Maybe she had vampire blood in the fire. Who knows? And I'll say this real quick. I am praying that damon and stefan were union soldiers who got <laughs> shot not confederate soldiers it's a little thing but i do i do hope that and i just want to want to throw that out and manifest it hard to, manif- to manifest for a show that uh is over and i can't really affect it but fingers crossed fingers crossed indeed So it's a big twist that we know that the town knows that vampires exist. And it makes a lot more sense, too, that they very quickly were like, oh, it's animal attacks. Because you would think that there would be something inconsistent with the Bites, I was just watching a forensic files with a forensic odontologist. So a forensic dentist essentially was looking at a dog bite and it was decidedly different than a human bite. And he went through all these reasons why. So it seems like it would be pretty obvious it was a human bite. Not that they're like, you know, researching forensic odontology before they make this show, but just something that like, it does kind of explain why they wouldn't be like, we have no idea what kind of animal this is, Mm -hmm. you know? It clears up a lot of that when we know that people know about the existence of vampires yeah and they would be like well we don't want everyone to know about vampires so we'll just like oh here's here's some more and you know they could be animal attacks they live near the woods but it's clearer now that they like why they wouldn't look deep into it i guess yeah why they would just immediately call it an animal attack yeah and i mean it puts into context too they must have known that that mountain lion wasn't it but it was a good scapegoat yeah when i'm curious like If they all know about vampires, you would think that they would know about the Salvators and like would know who Damon and Stefan are because they've looked the same since the Civil War. So you would think that they wouldn't have invited them in or maybe they were like, oh, whatever, like we don't want them to think we know. I don't know. Maybe they don't have old pictures, maybe like past generations knew them but they don't know them personally but you would think they know the Salvatore family vampires I don't know so I'm I think there's still a lot to figure out but we are getting a lot of information pretty quick in the show they're explaining Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff you know they're not making us like wait like a whole season to get some of this lore out you know they really are giving us a lot of information so here's my question no I don't want to ask that <laughs> because I think it is a leading question that will, yeah, no. that you'll then be able to put some pieces together. You'll, that basically you'll use your logical reasoning to figure out a spoiler. Anyway, so it's very exciting. I mean, who knows what will happen next. Yeah, I'm excited to get deeper into the lore of it. I'm excited to see how things change now that like we know that others know that there are vampires, but like they've announced that it's a mountain lion, like kind of what that looks like. And I really think we're very close to Elena learning that Stefan's a vampire because I think it's getting to the point where it's only hurting Stefan for her to not know. He's either got to tell her or leave town at this point. Yeah, and I don't think he'll leave town. So... (laughs) This also gave us a little bit of clarity on the Catherine timeline because, Mm -hmm. you know, they have just been saying, oh, it was a long time ago. Like it was a really long time ago. And I guess I didn't realize it had been like since 1865. Mm -hmm. Like I assumed a long time ago was like the 1950s. The The 50s. Not that I'm not that bad, but I assumed it was like a little more recent that like a, a lot of shit went down. Mm-hmm. so it's weird i mean i guess they had to wait to find another girl who looked exactly like Catherine, evidently but it feels like that's a long time so mm-hmm. just just something interesting timeline wise that i hadn't really realized yeah every episode we learn more about Catherine. we are getting closer to learning the truth about Catherine. i think mm. about what happened like in full detail okay that's cool i think we learn that pretty soon That's quick. I know. Well, maybe we don't learn full, full detail, but I think we learn a lot, a lot relatively soon. Well, we have a good amount of information now. It's just hard to say what's the correct information. Exactly. We're only hearing from Damon. Yeah. And at this point, we trust Stefan more than Damon. We have to. But a great episode. I'm excited for you to see what happens next. It gets better and better from here. That's good news. Yeah, every episode builds on itself and gets a little more exciting. And as always, excited to see uh, Bonnie's powers continue to take shape. She's uh, pretty in tune with it already. So I'm excited to see what she's capable of. Exactly. So until next time, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.